Welcome to episode 26 of Parallel Process, the podcast. This is Lindsay. And I'm Antoinette. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> We're glad you've returned. Yes, and I know that you're returning from different corners of the earth. That's right, from far and wide, from the UK to Germany mm-hmm. to all across these United States. Mm-hmm. And different places are coming, too, to listen to Parallel Process. Um, Africa, where you at? Where you at? Australia, where you at? Uh, um, South America, Central America, Canada. Um, we know we know that most of our listeners are women in their thirties, like us, mm-hmm. right? Because there, it's probably a lot of like um, people that are are our friends, people that we work with, and also people that would be attracted to what we have to say because they're also women, mm-hmm. probably social workers or therapists in mm-hmm. their thirties. Yeah, and you know what? I think there's some guys out there, younger, older, yeah, from different walks of life. Um, I just imagine an older man right now, like, yeah, I can't wait to hear these ladies. No, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope we are enjoying the podcast thus far. Mm-hmm. So, whoever you're, whoever mm-hmm. you are, wherever you are, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're black or white, young or old. <laughs> we welcome you. We do. Mm-hmm. So, episode 26, um, we've kept it up for 26 episodes, first of all. Wow. Yeah. That is really something. That is something. Mm-hmm. We've had dips and changes in schedule. We're releasing on Mondays now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are, I think, certainly finding, like, our, our groove. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. So. Well, how was this past week for you, Antweezy? It was good. Um, it seemed like it moved by kind of fast. Mm-hmm. It does seem like that. Yeah, yeah but um, it was good. Um, just chill vibes, really. Um, just been focusing on, you know, just personal goals, work. Um, I, I haven't worked out still since last the time we recorded. Like, you know how I'd be, like, really, like, looking forward? I'm going walking this evening, though, so. This evening? Nice. This mm-hmm. late? I'm going with um, a, a friend. Okay, good. And then it's a park we go to, and it's pretty populated. Like, there's, even though it's a little dark outside, it's like an open space where the street's right there. The cops are still out. There's, like, women walking in their strollers. I'm like, wow, it's kind of dark. But everyone's around. That's good. So my hope is that if something happens, (laughs) somebody (laughs) will at least intervene. Hopefully, people won't be holding their phones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no. <laughs> Guess I she'll not. just get assaulted. <laughs> you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? I I'll hope t- someone would jump in. I'll tell her story after. You know? <laughs> I mean, I have these hands, but I'm just saying, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how was your um, past week and all that? Uh, my past week was was okay. Um I was really excited to get my house painted, and I went through oh, all the work of, I know, fight. I should have texted and asked you about that. Oh, man. It's been a headache. So I found a contractor to do it. They were referred to me by by a friend, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then, but he just jerked me around for a month, mm-hmm. and then would, like, no show or late show, got my sample wrong twice, and then... um Last week was like, this is, man, this is this guy's last chance. If he doesn't show up tonight and get this mm. done and get it done right, like, I'm done. Well, he didn't show up. He was, ended up being, like, he was hospitalized. And oh. he was legit hospitalized. Like, he's sending pictures, anyway, of him in a hospital bed. So, for whatever that's worth. But I still... He, like, knows someone at the hospital. Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, old pictures. 
the last time this happened. Uh, but I did ask myself, I was like, I know this isn't the most compassionate thing to do, but girl, do you still really want to, do you want to give this guy another chance regardless? Mm-hmm. And I decided no. <laughs> I RSVP'd oh. in the negative and I fired him anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was, it was, it was a whole situation. Wow. So you fired him and got somebody else. Yeah, so I did get somebody else to come out for an estimate um, today. So they're supposed to write that up for me. So th- times things will march on. But I think there's probably like a place in time where I would have been like, oh, I'll give him another chance. But you know what? I said it was the last chance no matter what. And it was the last chance mm-hmm. no matter what, hospital or no hospital. And there's empathy, of course, that someone's in a hospital. But there's so many times, no call, no show. I know this wasn't the first. Yeah, by definitely not the first strike, right? So I'm not, I'm not cold hearted or anything. But I just, I just could not do that. I couldn't go through that whole loop with him again, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I was, I've been listening to um, this podcast. It's been out for a couple of years. I think since like 2019, uh, Dolly Parton's America. Hmm. It was pretty popular, like, at the time it was released. I never listened to it until recently. Somebody recommended another podcast I listened to. And so I've been listening to it, and I'm almost all the way through, like, the, the series of episodes. I think it's, like, a series of nine or something. And it's made me so uh, homesick because I'm, I'm from that part of Tennessee, from East Tennessee. Um, so it's made me very kind of homesick for, like, the kind of, like, the Smoky Mountains and that, like, part of the world and like Dolly Parton is like a big uh a big part of that like area of the country mm-hmm. um so it's made me like think back a lot and every once in a while I've been like what if I move back back home back to Houston and I'm like no girl you're not mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not you know you can't go back um but yeah but that's how I've been I was watching um, um Instagram and um you know how they have the TikTok you know kind of option or whatever and um, I was watching something with Dolly Parton today. She was like, you know, doing her Jolene song, and she like pointed out a redhead in the audience. It was like she looked kind of like you, Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. <laughs> I was like, okay, like I really um, I think she has really she's really cool, mm-hmm. cool lady. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would you like to introduce our topic? Sure. So today we're going to talk about unanswered prayers. Things that we really wanted at one point in our lives, um, wanted bad, uh, mm-hmm. completely. Uh, and looking back, we're grateful that those prayers went unanswered. Right. You know, sometimes an unanswered prayer is an answer. That is a great point. Mm-hmm. I had to recognize that, you know, you know, if I look at this from like um, a spiritual view, right, like a Christian mm-hmm. view and all that, I would get on my knees and pray a lot and be like, God, I hope for this and I hope for that. I mean, if God would have answered my prayer in some way, I wouldn't even be here in this town. I'd be in a different town. Yeah. I would probably be married with eight kids. <laughs> <gasps> wow. Really? Because I remember being a teen and being like, I want to have like eight kids. Wow. And, and you I, meant it at that time, I, right? I did. And prayed about it? Um, I, 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 yeah, I, you know, at that time I prayed a lot, so I'm sure I did. Mm-hmm. I prayed like, I know I prayed to like be married and be in love and all the like butterflies and rainbows of that. And, um, I'm in my mid thirties, I'm single and I have no children. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who also has no children? Dolly Parton. She never oh, had really? kids. Yeah. Oh. So, which also, like, I didn't really realize that. I didn't really know if she did or didn't have kids. Maybe she had, like, one or two kids that were just totally out of the picture. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made me feel better. 
Hmm. You know, I was like, well, look at all she's accomplished. She don't have no kids, so. Mm-hmm. A lot of women don't have kids. Mm-hmm. And for those who do, that's great. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, so maybe we can start on a journey of just exploring well, what is unanswered prayer. I just know that unanswered prayer sometimes is an answer or it is an answer, mm-hmm. at least from what I've experienced in my life that the things that I've prayed for so much, I see myself kind of being in the maze of life and like. God is like looking above and kind of saying this way, that way. No, no, no. I see what's ahead. And sometimes I think I have all the answers to things and I just don't. I don't mm-hmm. really know fully. And so um, I have to trust the process. Yeah. So even through the tears and all that, you know, of why is this happening? I wanted this. I wanted that, you know. So. Yeah. I I remember like hearing some somewhere from someone that like when if you feel like really troubled or distressed and you are you know hoping for this problem whatever it might be to be taken away if you thought about like you know if you took like all your neighbors up and down the street and you said you made a circle and everybody put their troubles in the circle right you would probably take back your own Mm -hmm. um if you could see everybody's but we don't see everybody's right so we have a biased point of view we think that other people have it easier or that they're more adept at handling or coping with their problems you know we don't see like the how extensive other people's troubles can be too Mm -hmm. so I think about that sometimes when I think about like being weighed down by my own troubles at some point Mm -hmm. looking at the blessings that we have looking at the tools and access to things that we have um and in in going from there yeah hmm well can you think of anything from like say teenage to college years the things that you really wanted you touched on a couple already that you really wanted and looking back you're you're glad it did not play out that way hmm I think a lot about my 20s but my teens let me think because I know there were probably several things I think I didn't really see myself going to college though I saw myself traveling being part of the Peace Corps or something like that um, which I didn't even know a lot about the Peace Corps. I still probably, <laughs> I don't really know much. Um, and singing mm-hmm. and traveling and doing ministry. Um, and so I thought, and I prayed about, like, this is what I'm supposed to do is this. And then my mom was like, well, why don't you do social work? You know, that's that's God's work. Like, you know, I think I mentioned that way in an earlier mm-hmm. podcast. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that I prayed or thought that was my, the course of my life. And it ended up being very different. Mm-hmm. I did not even see, kind of like where I am now, like it's completely different than what I thought, where I thought I would be at 16. I mean, at 16, thinking like at 36, 20 years later. Yeah. So it's interesting. So that's one I'll, I'll start off with my teen years. It's probably something like that. Just kind of my whole life course. You know, anytime I'm doing therapy for like a teen or a teenager, I try to encourage them because, you know, that's such a hard space. Mm -hmm. You know, I also work at a hospital, like many of the listeners know. And it was this teen that she was 17. She's going to be turning 18, like, soon. And she was, like, crying. And she was going to cry. She's like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know what I would do with my life. And, like, the nurse, the mental health tech, me, we're like, we all made it through. You're going to make it. We just have to take one step at a time. She's like, I want to be a nurse, but I don't even know. Like, 
Like, oh no! And it was just—it was such an interesting time because you know, witnessing that and helping her through that, remembering yeah. like, gosh, those time, those years were really kind of and it's scary, scary a little bit, you know. I put a hand on each of her cheeks and say, "You should be scared because <laughs> it is scary out here, and there's so many places to take a wrong turn." I always tell teens too who like say like one time we had a therapy group, and I was like, "Everybody, we're, we're time for group." And, like, some of the teenage boys kept goofing off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not in there, like, trying to regulate or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it got to the point where after redirection after redirection. So I finally was like, who's about to be 18 in here? Mm. And then the guys who were goofing off were raising their hands. And I was like, <laughs> life comes at us very fast. Mm-hmm. If we can't even... And, again, maybe... I, I don't think I was being unethical. <laughs> But I think it's a behavioral health setting. Yeah. When someone, it's a teachable moment. It's a teachable moment. We'll, we'll, we'll frame it in that way. <laughs> and they were like, sorry, miss. And we talked a little bit after about just preparation mm-hmm. and like active listening and all that stuff, you know. But anyway, going back to 16 and 17 is very different than when I thought, where I thought I'd be. Mm-hmm. Like, but I'm grateful. Yeah. You for your teens? Um... In my teens, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and then, um, which didn't really bother me until, I, honestly, I think I was a lot like that girl now that I think about it. Like, when I actually did turn 18 and went to college, I kind of freaked out, um, because all at once I was like, oh, I'm supposed to have this figured out, right? Like, and I don't. Um, and it really scared me that I did not know what I wanted to do with my life. So I started college, but was very, like, directionless, um... And I think I'm, you know, there's, I think there's people in this world that are like, you know, I don't have it quite figured out, but I will have it figured out. And I know these are the first best steps to take and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not that type of person. I think I need like a vision or a goal in mind or I just kind of flounder. And so I started school, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, I really like to, um, to write. I always did really good, like in English and literature and stuff like that. So I'll do something with that. You know, I didn't really know. And then at some point I was like, well, how can this actually, how can I shape this into a career of some kind? And, you know, for a while I was like a teaching major and I was like, I don't really want to teach though, you know. Um, And then for a while I was a journalism major and I thought, well, I could, you know, kind of similar. Like I could, I could travel, I could write about things that would be important work. And so I think about that in terms of, um, I'm kind of glad that that didn't work out for me I'm mm-hmm. glad that like you know I kept kind of circling and wasn't satisfied with that because I, I think about like where I am in life now and what's important to me and I think observing things and reporting on things and writing about things but not being engaged in shaping them would be very frustrating to me and I don't think it would have been good for me mm-hmm. whereas what I do now I I do have an active role whether it's one person or like a mental health system or whatever it is I at least have like an active role I am doing something Mm -hmm. and I find that um more fulfilling yeah so yeah teens are different right as we're processing trying to find our place in this world Mm -hmm. you know going into young adulthood but yeah when you when you say unanswered prayers for you was it something that you actively prayed for or something that you feel like in your mind you just really want it for yourself Um, I, I did, I I remember, you know, 
I, I don't know about praying because I, I don't think at that time I was a very like spiritual person. I don't think that came that didn't come to like way later in my life, but I did have like the sense of like strong desire and wishing and wanting to have it figured out. I think I wanted that more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to like have the answer, whatever that was. And for me at that time to have the answer would have meant to have graduated with a journalism major or become a teacher. And like, I would not have been fulfilled by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because unanswered prayer is kind of a universal thought of, was it like a spiritual, like I got on my knees, Lord, let him be my man or something like that. Or, or is it like a strong will and desire and kind of like a inner, um, and then it's, it just didn't work out, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing. But I think, you know, the listeners can relate in any way, really just strong desire or maybe a spiritual aspect of it. And it just didn't pan out the way um, we wanted it to. But then things worked out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because some people will have unanswered prayer, but then they're still very bitter or upset that those things didn't work out for them. That's true. You know? Yeah. Instead of kind of finding... um finding purpose in why they didn't or, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of purpose, like, uh, I just, I guess like rededicating their intention to like, well, what am I supposed to do? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. if this didn't work out, was it meant to work out? Whatever it is, you know, what do I do from here? Mm -hmm. I'm curious about like, what about your love life? Mm -hmm. Do you have unanswered prayers about like relationships that didn't work out? Yeah. Many. Um, I wouldn't call myself a hopeless romantic though. But um, I haven't had, like, really many boyfriends or anything. Like, in undergrad, I was really to myself. You know what? Let me rewind to high school. And I don't want to sound mean. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we're talking about romance and boys. um, There was a time in high school where I was like, oh, I am really crushing him. I really like him. And then I look back on Facebook and stuff. I'm like, nah, my type has completely kind of altered and changed. Or, and I'm just going to be superficial, just talk about physical. Like physically, I'm not attracted to the person anymore. Okay. You know, or mentally, or even like just kind of like now that I'm older and I have a better sense of what I desire, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Because I really had a whole fantasy in my head about like a lot of different things. When it came to some guys. And then undergrad, I didn't really date or anything. I, I stayed to myself mostly. Like I, the talking to, like I talked to this guy. I got to know, oh, do, do I like him? But not an official boyfriend. But when I went to grad, I started dating a guy. And I remember just being really like hurt that. Because at that time, I mean, I'll put it out there. Like I was still a virgin. Like I had not done anything. You know, and I was like going on 23, 24. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Aww. There's like little cobwebs. <laughs> <Not okay. laughs> but anyway, um, and because I wasn't ready to do all that yet, mm-hmm. he was like, I can't do this. Like, I like you, but I can't. And I was like, why are you doing this? I really care. And then I look back Aww. and I'm like, you know, I, I get where he was coming from. Like, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, like, I mean, we dated for like a whole year almost. Wow. And he was like... Okay, he's like, I'm, I'm just, I'm not on that page. Yeah. There's something wrong with your page, but I'm on a different right. one. Yeah. I'm surprised he stuck around that long, actually. <laughs> Where he at? Uh, <laughs> no, but he couldn't. He couldn't. Um, and I guess mm-hmm. in my mind, I, I wanted that to work. 
Mm-hmm. And then the next guy I talked to, I ended up, you know, being in that space. And I was like, why isn't this working? I think a lot of, like, why isn't this working had to do with, like, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like him. Like, I care about him. Why is he doing this to me? Like, that kind of, like, growth. You know, now I'm more like, if that doesn't work out with a guy, I'm like, okay. That's fine. You know, and I'm able to kind of navigate that better than being really stuck on it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there has been, like, Dear Journal... Why is this happening? I really cared about him. Like, all those kind of, like, really um, painful kind of, like, growing pains and dating. Mm-hmm. But I feel really better about it now. Yeah. hmm I remember um, this guy that I was super into in, in college um, and, and somewhat after college, too, was, like, on again and off again with, and... I, I remember thinking, I mean, and I mean, like, crying, like, probably, like, drunk crying, too. Um, like, why, why, why doesn't he love me? Why can't he love me? Why can't he commit to me? You know, why can't, you know, mm-hmm. we, like, move forward and be, like, a solid couple together? And then, um, and I mean, I tortured myself with this over and over. Could not let go of this guy. And, but then I, I remember, like, somewhere in the middle of all that, between like breakups and different relationships and whatever. I remember him being at my apartment and I lived in like this um, attic of this like a uh, Victorian house. And it was a cute like little apartment. And he came over to my apartment. We were talking in my kitchen. And he said, Lindsay, I love you. And I didn't say it back. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was still after that. I just, I could not, I could not get over him, could not understand why he couldn't commit to me. But it was like, you don't, I mean, you, you kind of had a moment there. You had an in. You could have said, I love you too, you know, and I, and I didn't, and I don't think I ever did love him. I think I was playing something out and punishing myself with him. I don't think I really loved him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, thank God that was an unanswered prayer. You mm-hmm. know, thank God we didn't end up together because I he's somebody that I don't, um, I would I would not have been happy with, and also in hindsight, like I very much don't don't respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a lot older than me at that, and I mean, like a lot older. Not like it's different when you're like in your thirties and forties. Like no, I was like when we met, I was eighteen, and he was like thirty four. Oh wow! You know, so it was totally different situation. So that was like a, like that was a big unanswered prayer in that situation that I look back and I say, thank God, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there are like others that are like, I don't know. Like I, I for a very short time, I, I dated this guy who was like a jazz drummer in college and sweet guy. I think he's a sweet guy now. We're Facebook friends. I um, wish him the very best. Totally not meant to be together, but you could not tell me that, you know, we mm-hmm. weren't actually um, soulmates and it just didn't work out at that time. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Hmm. You know, the way that I would comfort myself in this understanding, I, I think it's true is that when I was younger and I look at it again, like it's very spiritual, like I'm praying to God and all that, like say a little kid who's like six years old and we ask him like, what do you want to eat? They're going to say candy probably. They're going to say unhealthy things because mm-hmm. they're still growing. They're still learning like what's good for them. You know, and I, 
the way I process unanswered prayers just like that mm-hmm. at 20, not saying I was a complete like, you know, idiot. I didn't have no wisdom or anything like that, but I didn't really understand what I needed versus what I wanted, what maybe was healthy for me uh, or maybe what was productive. So I don't like using really good or bad. That's bad or good. Really, is it productive for me? Is it safe for me? Is it something that's going to be good for me um, long term and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. So um, now that I'm older, I'm able to kind of adopt um, more understanding and more wisdom about things. And I, I still don't know everything, but I can have a better sense of like what to pray for. Or if things don't work out, then I'm able to be like, okay, well, maybe there's another um, way of looking at it and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm still still learning and growing. I still am. Absolutely still am. I mean, something similar happened to me like within the past year, you know, and only did I come to like the full realization and fully like accept and see all the pieces and accept where things really were and have that sense of like, oh, thank God, unanswered prayer. Yes. In the past like month, you know, there was a guy that was super, super into, um, and you might remember him like I briefly like had him like on FaceTime and like said, you know, say say hello to my friend Antoinette. Um but he I always thought that like we had like this like kind of star crossed lover thing, but someday we'll end up together. Someday, you mm-hmm. know? And well someday never happened. And in the meantime, he was going through like uh personality changes and value changes that I didn't quite understand and because I didn't understand it like I I guess I kind of pretended like it wasn't happening um so he would say things that like I was just like where did that come from um and I was just like I just that doesn't seem like the person that I remember the person I you know fell in love with or was so infatuated with or whatever and I just didn't really fully accept those pieces or those red flags that I was seeing and then about a month ago, I did something that a lot of us do when you're missing somebody or thinking about somebody that's no longer in your life. Like, I Googled him, right? So, well, what pops up in the Google search wasn't, like, normal whatever stuff. It was an article in the New York Post. that He had given a quote. He had been to CPAC, which is, like, this conservative meeting in Texas. Mm-hmm. CPAC is the Trumpiest of the Trumpiest Trumper Trumpers. Okay, Mm -hmm. it's like the most conservative that you can get. We're talking like people like, you know, people throwing flowers at Ted Cruz's feet, those type of people. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, that he had given a quote at this meeting about one of the uh, the people that arrested in the January 6th, you know, coup attempt or whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it. He was making he made had this like performance art piece. Um, basically making it look like, oh, how sad that I, you know, that I was arrested on this day. Like, I shouldn't have been arrested. Oh, so he was involved in that. He, the the artist was. Mm, I see. This guy was giving just like a, a, a quote about it. I see. And was at this meeting. Well, he's not even, he doesn't even live in Texas. So he flew into Dallas just to go to CPAC. Okay, so this wasn't like a passive thing that he wandered into, right? He made a strong effort to be there. And nobody just goes to CPAC out of curiosity. It's not an art museum. It's people that really believe this crazy shit. Like, as an example, their keynote speaker was this guy. 
Victor or something. But he's, I think, the prime minister of, like, Hungary or something like that. And a big platform of his is, like, racial cleansing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is, like, the, oh. the type of people that are going to CPAC. Oh, okay. These are not people that, like... So, and I, I'm oh. emphasizing this so strongly because it's not, like... Are they, oh, like, racist people? I mean, if they're yes. racial cleansing, I mean... Yes. This I'm, is not, I'm, like, oh, you're a Republican. I hate, you know, and I'm not demonizing Republicans. I'm demonizing this type of person. This is a different sort of mm-hmm. people. So anyway, like, like, that hit me, like, such a... Like a load of bricks over my head, yeah. And I was just like, I, I, I wouldn't be associated with this person. I wouldn't share air with mm-hmm. this person, let alone like pining over this person or wanting this person's love and affection and attention. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, I was instantly went from like, ah, oh, wonder why that never worked out to completely disgusted. And so it it startles me a little bit because it's like if I could. If I'm still going through versions of that, like, will I ever stop going through that? Will I ever mm-hmm. have, like, that sense of, like, awareness that I, like, my prayers, like, can can be what they need to be and don't need to be unanswered? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. can, I, can I trust my own judgment to want and desire things? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Hmm. You know, that guy sounds like a complete different person than what you are. Yes. I mean, can you imagine? Like, I... I'd be like, okay, Lindsay. <coughs> come with your black uh, co-host so we can <laughs> do the show. Yeah. I mean, I just... I mean, it could not be more antithetical to, like, to my values. Not, not just as, like, a social worker, but, like, as a human being, you know? And... The idea that, like, I could, um, I don't know, like, still be infatuated or love somebody that has that in them is is really hard. It's really compatibility. Mm-hmm. Emotional intelligence, um, love for humanity, all that kind of stuff that, you know, um, you know, I, I don't know too much about that particular um, sector or group or anything. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't even have the same values and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So imagine being in that situation, like, okay, I care about you. Hey, I'm going to go to my meeting in Texas or something. Like, <laughs> they get the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. Like, um, and he, I mean, and he certainly did hide, uh, like I said, he said some things that I was just like, what? But nothing, like, mm-hmm. in the vein that would lead me to believe that those were his values. Those were things that he was interested in. He certainly did hide that for me. But I feel like I still missed a lot. And... Um, yeah. So it so things like that like I I can look back uh with one part of myself and be like, "Man, look at all I've learned." Mm-hmm. You know, and look at look at the way that like life changed and evolved and different opportunities that presented themselves I could have never imagined or foreseen. Isn't that wonderful? But then part of me is like a little bit scared because like um some of those blind spots are still there. And I don't know, at 37 years old, like, I don't know what to do with that, you know? Mm-hmm. You mean blind spots as when you, when you were talking to him initially, that not realizing those parts or whatever? Yeah. No. We learn as we go. And then also, it's like sometimes people just don't reveal those things mm-hmm. until later. I mean, but I guess you're mentioning, too, there was, like, little hints here and there. Right. That kind of... And, and so I couldn't mm-hmm. have foreseen, like, the whole thing, like, to that level. But I should have... 
I should have tuned into more of that along the way and not been like, yeah, but I know that like he's just going through. I don't know what I thought. I don't, I don't know what I thought. I just thought that like he had the same interests and values that I did and that maybe he did at a different time in his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that the guys that I've prayed for that, that it just didn't work out. Same. <laughs> Because now, and it sounds kind of like, again, harsh, but I don't think it is. I think a lot of people can say that in the romantic department and mm-hmm. all that. That, okay, I've grown a little bit, especially if you've been single now. Like, say you're in your, like, later in age, you can kind of look back on the chapters and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. That didn't work out. And, well, this is if people have a compassionate view mm-hmm. on that. If it's a harsh view, then it's going to be like, I, you know, I life sucks and this and this and this and this god never heard me but you know i want to be careful too because i feel like i'm speaking from a privileged place mm, say more about that so there are people that have had illnesses loss of family members um financial different things which i mean i've gone through similar very painful things too mm-hmm. and it's not so easy to be like, okay, guess everything works out, you know, I for the betterment, you, you know, yeah. like it, it's really not that easy. And so I don't want to make it sound like in my own life that it has been that easy. And I feel like I'm only scratching the surface of things I can really even think of too, that, you know, yeah. Um, when I look on, I'm like, okay, I was able to process that, but that was painful or I wish that would have worked out for me or something like that, you know? Yeah, and I I appreciate you saying that and, like, bringing that up because I think that is an important thing to just, like, put out there, like, in the awareness and the context of this. It's not all things are just like, I'm glad that relationship didn't work out. I'm glad I ended up here in my career. Some Mm -hmm. things are, like, there are unanswered prayers where people people died in tragic ways. My my family in that category, like, um, people that are truly good people that worked hard all their lives were very sick and suffered, mm-hmm. you know? And it's probably why, like, um, like, I've never been, like, a very spiritual person, not until, like, years later, like, when I got sober. Um, and probably, like, why I maybe pray the way I do now. Like, I don't, when I pray, like, I don't, um, like, I never believed in, in God because I was like, well, why would... Like, obviously, there is no God, or, like, God doesn't have control in that way. Otherwise, like, why is my dad suffering so bad? Like, that that doesn't even make sense. Like, you know, and I think a lot of people, like, why why does a child, you know, die of malnourishment, you know, if there's, if there's an all-powerful God? And I think a lot of people feel that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, today, like, I have, like, my own sense of, like, spirituality, but it's not... Um, I don't have a sense of like power in that and control in that way. When I pray for things, I pray for things that are more or less like possibly in my control. Like I pray to be like kind and helpful to people. I pray to, um, see the best in people. You know, I pray for people to have strength that are struggling. Like, like those are the things that I, I pray for. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't, I, I don't put any trust that there's, like, things outside of my control that I can pray for and change. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you subscribe to any particular religion or anything? Uh, I 
don't. I think of myself as kind of like a mystic, I guess. Um, so at the time I got sober, something that really spoke to me was um, uh, Jesuit Catholic spirituality because it's all about like having like a very personal relationship with God. Um, it's about like what do I what do I think that God would tell me in this moment? What do I think? Um, God, how would God encourage me in this way? You know, how would God shape my insight? It's that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that really spoke to me, especially at that time in my life. Um, and now I think I, I still have some of those like prayer practices, but I probably have a more interested in kind of like Buddhist spirituality, but I don't think I would even call myself a Buddhist. I just think I like that speaks to like that curiosity in my, in my spiritual world. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What about you? So, um, I'd consider myself a, a born again Christian. Like I believe in Christ and all that, but not no offense to anybody, but not the blonde <laughs> hair, blue eyed Christ on the cross and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but I do believe in like, um, in Christ and all that dying for my sins, believing in him in my heart, being born again and all that. Um, John three sixteen Romans ten nine ten okay that type of belief you know, um but I don't really be in church like that like I don't I used to be in church all the time mm-hmm. and I just became again this is not every church but I just became frustrated and disappointed because you know when you're a social worker. You're going into all different areas of the, like, population of people. Mm-hmm. And then there's so much need. And then sometimes looking at the church house and just being like, and I know there are churches out here who are about that, that, that ministry life, okay? Mm-hmm. But then there's, there's a lot of prosperity talk. Yeah. And not enough workers out in the field. Mm-hmm. And I, and then also I became frustrated with church because, um, I would listen to like the, the, the messages and I'm like, okay, this was a lot of opinion. Mm-hmm. And why aren't we reading more of the passage? I, I don't remember. need to. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the first couple of years that I met you, you, you told me about like a Bible study you had gone to and that you were like frustrated. Oh, I was frustrated. Tell, tell our oh, listeners man, about this that. Gonna... <laughs> Cause like this woman is for real. She's the real deal. I want to honor that everybody's situation's different, right? Everybody's crisis is different. I don't know what that dog meant to her. Seriously. So I was at this Bible study, and the Bible studies that I, I remember being at in college was people dove all the way in. It was like, we're going to read this passage. We're going to talk about it. And it wasn't a judgmental thing. It was like everybody from different walks of life, mm-hmm. you know, just sharing their experience. Um, people shared very personal things about what they were overcoming and addictions and different things. Mm-hmm. So I'm used to that kind of like diving in. Um, big or small problems, everybody processed. But this particular Bible study I went to is when I came to this town. Mm-hmm. And I felt so hungry for like knowledge and food and deep fellowship. Mm-hmm. And it was mainly like a Bible study that was like games. Like oh. everybody was just playing games and just chilling, which fellowship is great. Mm-hmm. But I felt frustrated. And people were like, well, did you have the love of God in you? Like, you're mad. But just listen to the story. <laughs> so anyway, like, the late, everybody was going around and talking about their testimonies. Very privileged. Very, again, I might sound like I'm judging. But this lady was like, I just, and I'm just so happy the Lord 
And I was just like, what is going on? Because I'm, like, coming from work, hearing people, like... Yeah. Like, severe issues. Mm-hmm. And she's like, my dog had his dog collar. And he got shocked. And I just thought, like... And I was just like, you're worried about your dog? Yeah. Like, the way I forget... Now it's been so many... It's probably been, like, six years now. Or so. Probably more. But I remember just being really annoyed. Because I'm like, what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. And you're talking about things that... You, you have, this is not even like real problems. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds <laughs> like, everybody has problems. It doesn't matter. But I was like, I don't think that's a serious issue. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt, I feel bad telling this story, but <laughs> I'm like, girl, try being out here at the shelter here. Yes. Try going through yeah. homelessness. Try going through all these other things that people are going through. You know, but I got to, I kind of corrected myself a little bit because I was like, whether it's tiny to you or big Mm. to you, Mm -hmm. people are still praising God through their storm, you know? So internet, you don't need to judge her, but I just felt so annoyed because I'm already like, what are we doing? But also like her storm was like her dog's dog. I'm like, girl, (laughs) I'm like, your dog is fine. You're just, and then I guess the way too is like. It was a big thing. And it wasn't like, oh, yeah, man, I thought my dog, this and this and this. It was like, but again, I don't know what that dog meant to her. That dog could have saved her life. Like, (laughs) not really. (laughs) I'm being very compassionate. But I just remember just being like, girl, please. Mm -hmm. Like, people are going through a lot more. If you think that's bad. Try being out here in these in these streets out here mm-hmm. with different situations. Or if that's really painful, I can't imagine the type of discrimination or prejudice and all the other things that, you know, like if you were to experience that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think I was annoyed too because it took up a lot of the Bible. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um. But yeah, where, where were we? Okay, unanswered Sorry, first. You were talking about like um like your like journey in spirituality. Oh yes. your approach to spirituality. But so when you say personal relationship, mm-hmm. I relate to that because I don't think I'm the big church person. I'm more of like Holy Spirit. Do you live in me? Are you guiding me? If this doesn't work out, then I believe you have a plan for me. Then mm-hmm. I'm just gonna trust that you have a plan for me. I'm trying to follow you, Lord. You're my compass in this life. Just help me. The roadmap, you have it laid out for us. And that's the way I cope personally with things that I'm like, well, why isn't this happening yet? Mm. Okay, you know, or this didn't happen this way. Mm-hmm. I feel really disappointed. I really feel sad. I lean more on that. And then I go into more problem solving. Okay, if that didn't work out, then what do I need to do in the meantime? You know, um, in my life, like I've always had a desire to be married. And although I'm very monogamous, like even in my singlehood, I'm not... I have my whole apartment, my whole anatomy and everything, but I don't be having people. Like, I just really just want to be with one person, be happy and be married and just, but that doesn't, that hasn't happened yet. So that's probably the one of the bigger unanswered prayers Mm. is that I'm like, where is he though? Mm. You know, like, I, I think I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm not scared of 40. I'm just saying it's right there though. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm glad it's a few years away because I am scared. I, you know, what? I'm. I get less and less scared about the not having children because I, 
um, because of things like Dolly Parton or just like, you know, extending like my perception of like what it means to be a woman, what it means to live like a, a life that matters. And I don't think that it has to involve motherhood. And if it does for me, maybe it involves like adopting children or fostering children. There's so many things that that could look like, right? So I don't feel like a lot of like biological clock pressure. But the other, like the idea of like, but I also don't, like, don't want to go through the rest of like the other half of my life alone. You mm-hmm. know, like I would like to have like a life partner, companion, husband, something but also, like, I I think I want the idea of that, but, like, I also i am, like, I don't know. I, I have very mixed feelings about it. I, I know a lot of people who are married that are not happy. I don't want to be that. I, I don't want to be do, that. I would rather be alone than I'd that. I'd rather. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in no situation where I wake up and I'm just like, damn, man. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'd rather do whatever I need to do to please my mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's it. So, and that's not, like, from a picky sense. Mm-hmm. That's not from a, okay, he has to be 6'4 sense or anything like that. <laughs> it just, it's from just, like, I want to be able to. And when I say happy, I didn't mean excluding ups and downs and working through things. But a partner mm-hmm. who... I can look at him and be like, he's willing to do this with me and I'm willing to do that with him. Right. You know? You share. You have shared values. You mm-hmm. know that even if he makes mistakes, you make mistakes. You both have integrity. Like, mm-hmm. you have confidence in that part. Right. Yeah. If that, um, that, if someone could say, okay, what's your biggest unanswered prayer? You could, like, I would say to be with someone, to, to be married. And for someone I can explore life with mm-hmm. and, like, have fun, but work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who I can trust. That if I leave the room, he's not like, roof, 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 all out here in these streets. You know, seriously. Yeah. That's the one thing right there I won't do. Like yeah. cheating and like, I got to worry about like, if he's going to do this or that. Like, you know, it's very, very interesting. Um, I'm using an example that nobody would know who I'm, who I'm talking about, but... Anyway, um, I have a friend who, um, or a girl that I know, and she's been with a guy for a while. They have some kids. They're more of a blended family. Like, she had kids. He had kids. They have kids together. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is what I see with a lot of people, that on Facebook, everything's beautiful. Family mm-hmm. portraits, everything. Mm-hmm. Well, we went out to dinner. And this was, like, over five years ago, so nobody would even know. But anyway, um, we were at the dinner table, and she just, like, burst into tears. And she was just like... We were all out, and she was like, "I know that things seem good right now, but I'm not. I'm I'm not really that happy. Wow. I like I'm worried that he's cheating on me all the time because he has. Oh, I'm worried for this and worried for that, and things may seem like it's a certain way, but it's just not. Mm-hmm. You know, and I felt really hurt for her. You know, and supportive, of course, but just like, damn, like, yeah." That would be a hell. And the thing is, the guys that I liked before, or that I was like, why isn't this working? If I ended up with, there was a particular guy when I was 24, 25, and um, until I was 29, I was in this dude's face, like, hello, I'm here. Mm. Because it was the first guy I had been with, you know, Mm -hmm. like that. And so I was like, why isn't this working? Like, I really care about you. I mean, I let myself kind of be in situations where I'm like, do I have any respect for myself? 
Same. You know, kind, yeah. of, kind of thing. And um, I look back and I'm like, thank God mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not end up with him. Yeah. Thank God I didn't end up with him. Because I was I was pushing it so far that if he was a kind of guy that was like, fine, I'll just have this girl here. Mm-hmm. You know, like she she has this soul tie with me. Mm. You know, she's not letting me go. Oh, she seems halfway decent. I mean, in his mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can pick her up, put her down. Pick her, pick pick her, her up, up, put her down. down. Yeah. I can throw her all around. Mm-hmm. In fact, let's make a kid together. Wow. You know, and I would have been in a situation now in my 30s, like, and, and I say that too because he hasn't changed. Mm. He's the same, same guy. Yeah. But in, in my 25-year-old mind, I was like, you know, and really it was just like infatuation lust. Yeah. You know, for me. Same. I've... I've definitely been in multiple situations where, like, there's somebody I was so fixated on. Like, why won't it work out? They're all I can think about, literally. All I can think about most of the day. Certainly mm-hmm. every day. And now, like, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't let you pump my gas. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, like <laughs> you're, you're, like, I, I have just no interest in you at all. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing, like, that things can change, like, so much. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it doesn't feel like it, mm-hmm. you know, but given it enough time, I guess. Yeah. And, and really, you know, they say time heals things. And I heard somewhere is what we do with that time. Mm. And so I've been discovering that, especially when we were talking about kind of the, the growth and the healing from past things, is that I told myself at 29, I was like, I cannot waste my 30s with this young man, young mm-hmm. male, young mm-hmm. male. That's more appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where man was for him, but... And he came back later in life. Wow. Hey, this and this and this. I'm like, no, bro. Mm-hmm. I cannot. Sorry. Yeah. I, I just can't. But, yeah, life is interesting. So, um, yeah, you know, I've been, um, I was fired from one job. Like, um, I'm not a goody two-shoes when it comes to work or anything, but I had never been fired. And I got fired from a job. And, um, that was really painful. Mm-hmm. Like, so I went on unemployment. I had food stamps and everything. I was like, my older sister who's been on food or had been on food stamps for a while. She's like, I'm so proud of you. How does it feel? Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not paying for this. Like, and she's like, I know. Right. Isn't it weird? And I was like, <laughs> we're all like processing about food stamps or whatever. Um, I was donating plasma at that time. So, um, because I was in my, I told my, my mom about that. Like after like I had got a new job and everything, she was like, you were donating plasma. Your family's right here. You were doing all that. And I was like, I needed to survive. Mm-hmm. So I was braiding hair. Um, Damn. I was donating plasma and then I got that bit from, you know, that, mm-hmm. from the government or whatever it in my food stamps. And then I just kind of built myself back up and got, you know, hired somewhere else. And it went from there. And what was sucky about that, that, that when I got fired or terminated was that I did email, I need support. Yeah. Hey, I need help. Paper trail. Mm-hmm. This, this, and this, and this, and this, you know, because they just threw me at a location and said, figure it out. And mm-hmm. I guess they thought, oh, she's supposed to know how to do that or whatever, which to me, that was still skilled. But there was a whole bunch of things that yeah. I needed training on and they just fired me. Wow. So, but, um, and it was a job that I always wanted. It was, um, I won't name the organization, but it was a, being a social worker within the school. Oh. You probably know what organization mm-hmm. it was or whatever. And I had reapplied over and over and over because I really 
wanted to do that role. And when I finally got the job, I had called my family. Yay, I'm a social worker. I get to work with like teens in a school at risk and this, this, and this, and this. And so going through all that was like, how, why did that happen? You know? And I mean, really, it was really ruthless the way they did it. Oh, I bet. Yeah, they didn't even, oh, sorry, you're not working. Fire. I've worked with you. Like, I mean, you're, I know you're a damn fine social worker and you're a very <laughs> yes. hard worker. You care about your clients. Like, mm-hmm. you're Thank always you. looking mm-hmm. for ways to, like, to improve and learn. So I, I can only imagine that they They're lost are pretty. Yeah, honestly. And sadly, the loss for the clients, but um, hopefully they got a really great social worker who knew how to do everything already. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. Wow. How does a person, okay, process with unanswered prayer? Like, say you are meeting with a client, and they're like, this isn't working, this isn't working, like, I'm trying. Life keeps turning me around, you know? Um, what I, I try to encourage in people and, and in myself is, like, radical acceptance of reality. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the reality? Like, you can turn yourself inside out, and but if you're not getting that, outcome like if things aren't changing then at a certain point like you have to uh kind of like respect life on life's terms and also and be like you know what i i've done my best Mm -hmm. i've done everything i can think of i was willing to do whatever it took and i it still just didn't happen for whatever the case is and you have to i think be willing at some point to say and i give myself credit you know for the fact that i tried i did my best um you know, and, and kind of move on from there. But, you know, I see people in the most pain when they feel so stuck in that and they can't, they, they can't accept what is, mm-hmm. you know, and I say that from my own experience too, that the times I was most twisted up in something, I could not accept what was, you know, I kept going back over about what, how it should be, how wrong it was. And it was at a certain point, it's like, yeah, Lindsay, it, it was wrong. It is wrong. That's not okay. So what do you what do you do now? Like you can't just stay in a place where you're evaluating how wrong it is every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation becomes harder again when we're looking at loss, we're looking at illness, when we're looking at you know tra- traumatic, painful things. Mm-hmm. You know those things are not always easy. Some of the things I hear clients say is going to the serenity prayer, right? Like mm-hmm. what can I control? What I can't control. Mm-hmm. right and expanding and understanding or like the reframing part like what does this really mean for me yeah you know um so like say someone in their 20s go through goes through a really terrible breakup painful emotional okay i still have my future like i still or any age really mm-hmm. doesn't have to be someone young it can be older too you know if they're going through job loss you know uh, what what can I do to, to help my resilience and be innovative? And there's always something growing in the storm. Mm-hmm. That's something I try to to look at too. Is that with this unexpected thing, there's a chance for growth. Yeah. I know that painful things are ahead, though. That I think that's scary, though. To know it's just it's just part of life mm-hmm. that there are going to be some painful things ahead. Yeah. Right. And, and how do I cope with things that I know that I will probably pray for in in the future? that it'll be like no this is the time this is where it's gonna be mm-hmm. and how do I cope with that so yeah and I think like having like whatever your whatever your spiritual compass is you know so like 
um, like in Buddhism, they talk a lot about like, like respecting life's balance, right? You know, there's only good because there's bad. Mm-hmm. And so we have to accept and take both or like, or there's neither, there's nothing in this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's true in life too. Like we lose somebody and not to oversimplify it and what, how, how horrible loss is, but you know, when we lose somebody and we're, we're so grieved and so shaken and we miss somebody so badly, you know, it's because there was so much good, you know, otherwise we wouldn't care. Um, so I, I think it like finding whatever, whatever your spiritual lens is to kind of embrace and, uh, kind of wrap your arms around all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One coping thing that I try to do too is to stay busy. Okay. I'm disappointed about this area of life. But there's quite a bit of other areas of life. Mm-hmm. So let me just make sure I'm maintaining. Okay, like right now I said my unanswered prayer is to be with my future amazing, <laughs> strong. 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> How tall does he have to be? That's what we want to you know. You know what? I don't, I don't really. No, I don't to... say that. Don't say that because you know you're lying. <laughs> I mean, I'm 5'8". I'm kind of a tall woman, right? You are a tall woman. You know, I mean, at least in our region, you know, mm-hmm. then I go up north and I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, sis. <laughs> you know. But I've always been attracted to taller men, but, you know, I mean, this is true, though. I've... <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Is he tall in integrity? Is he tall in love? Is he tall in leadership? Is he tall in all those other things? But I've, I've been attracted to height since I was young. Like, I've always been like, 6'4", okay. Like, you know, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, I was joking with a friend. I'm like, just like some guys, like, big booties and all this other stuff. Like, women were like, oh, height. Like, or, like the superficial physical. And everybody's mm-hmm. variation is different, right? Um, <laughs> anyway. I don't, I don't really care about height. Like, I would like, like, my height or taller, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not very tall. I'm like 5'6". Um, so or you think you're like five seven or something? Uh, maybe because heels and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, uh, but I do like dark hair. Like regardless mm-hmm. of what ethnicity you are or aren't, like I I've never been one for blonde or red hair. I like like mm-hmm. really dark brown or black hair. Yeah, and dark eyes. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm just kidding. That's that's really <laughs> that's really it. You know, that's all I can think of. Yeah, but that's, like, probably the biggest thing is that, just waiting on that. Hmm. But I'm like, you know what, let me enjoy, just like, you know, when they say childhood, enjoy your childhood, because once it's gone, it's gone, Mm. you know, like, so I just try to, like, when I'm driving, or I'm, like, laying in bed alone, or whatever, I'm like, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, I need to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. I need to enjoy being able to wake up and do whatever I want when I want to do it. Yeah. And expanding the things that I that I do do, you know, do I have I traveled single, which I haven't done much of that. Have I, you know, let me educate myself as much as I can, you know, because no no telling who I can meet, right? Yeah, he might, and I've always desired too, like a man has built his empire, or done whatever he need to do, and then he's like, okay, queen, you ready? And it's not like I'm like, okay, take care of me forever, <laughs> like I don't do anything. Like I want to be able to march by his side and be able to say like. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, I've educated myself. I've done whatever. Like, if, you know, I need to do this and I can do this. If I need to do that, I can do that. But 
either way, I've, I've, um, and again, I'm not building my life just for a man. I'm doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. But how great would it be for a a man who's been just trusting the process to say, oh, wow, I I met a woman and she's taking care of her her health. Mm -hmm. She's taking care of her finances, um, which has been difficult because I've been on my own. Mm -hmm. So um, she's educated herself. She can hold a conversation socially. She's healthy, you know. I, I've met in other areas too, and I'm able to now meet that kind of whether, whereas in my twenties, man, I was like not blowing in the wind, but just kind of didn't, wasn't grounded in a lot of like in my senses of who I am and all that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, <laughs> it is what it is, you know? And if I'm 40 having the same conversation or 45, then with tears in my eyes but a smile I'll just be like it is what it is <coughs> so yeah hmm. well. well I guess that's it for episode 26 so yeah. reflect on your unanswered prayers what have they what have they taught you how have they helped you evolve <coughs> or made you a stronger person or uh, I don't know yeah trusting the process um there are emotions and things that come with with disappointments and all that i think that's very human Mm -hmm. it's part of the experience but then trusting the process of like okay then i got my heartbeat i got this and that what do i have in front of me what tools do i have in front of me then to overcome this disappointment well life sure you know turned around (coughs) i don't know why i'm coughing (coughs) hold on (coughs) y'all Woo. okay but, you know, what, I think it's this candle that I have, like, burning right in front of me. I like to have a candle just, you know, it's, like, right under my nose. Just breathing in, like, liquid wax. Yeah, I'm like, whoa. Um, but, okay, life is turning me around in this direction. How do I just trust the process? Or, you know, there are things that I really desire, but they just haven't happened yet. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm just going to trust the process type of thing. Yeah, and transform this hurt, frustration, whatever it is, into you know something that you're you're gonna be proud of us that like your next chapter mm-hmm. you know i said maze and the maze of life and kind of the corners and all that stuff we go through and i interpret this understanding as like the lord god watching down and like this way Antoinette, you're gonna make it okay to around that corner you know until the end of life or whatever right but i also remember i am a i'm significant for sure right but i am a tiny speck vapor in the wind I mean, I don't understand a lot. Same. I mean, that's a good point. And when we look at human humans and science, science and biology, we're still even trying to understand our living self, the brain. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're just not going to understand our reality fully. We're not going to be able to see all the different sides of it. And I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think it's so important to just take one day at a time, take a deep breath. I really, really wanted this. But I'm just like a little kid, just still trying to figure it out. I don't even, I mean, a lot of us are still learning what's best for us. Mm. For us, And so um, trusting the process is something that's been very, very helpful to me. And not to lean just fully on my own understanding. Because I just, I know some things for sure, but I don't know everything. So. Mm. All right. Well, on that note, have a great week. I hope that you will um, consider following us on Instagram at Parallel Process. Send us a message for any show ideas or questions that you might have. Um, And just have a great week. Take care of yourself. Yes, take care.